Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, hello everyone. It's great to see you. My name's Christian Thorpe. If you don't know who I am, I'm the lead pastor of Arena Church. And if it's your your first time connecting with us, we do give you an incredible welcome. Uh, Welcome to this new format that we are using and I would encourage you if you've enjoyed uh, the 30 minutes that you're with us please let your friends and family know and this could be their connection point to Arena Church and who knows it may take people on a journey of just answering some questions that they may have with regards to faith. If you're ever in one of our locations you're also very welcome to join us we have six live locations And you can check out the details on our website or also on Instagram. Just the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, his work, his leading, the the fruit that he produces in our lives. And it's my joy to be able to talk with you today about around the thought of Holy Spirit living. Now, if you're new to faith and new to church, please stay with me. Hopefully you'll understand and get to know some new things If you're from a church background, hopefully this will help you to clearly understand who he is. Let me just say this first of all, before we get to Holy Spirit living. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is part of the Godhead. The Bible actually records that he has a mind, he has an emotion, and he has a will. He's not a force. He feels things. He sees things. He knows things. And... um, Jesus, when he walked on this earth over the 33 years of his ministry, he said in John 16 verse 7 to his disciples, as he was telling them what was going to happen to him before he hung upon the cross and of course was risen back to life and then went back to his father, he said to them, unless I go back to my father, the Holy Spirit, some versions say the advocate, will not be able to come to you. But if I go, Jesus saying, if I go, he then can come to you. What Jesus was expressing was the fact that as he went, God the Spirit would come and dwell amongst his people. God's heart has always been to abide with people, to be with people. He's a God of the people. He loves people and he wants to abide with us, not just in one generation. Some understand it to be that he's the God of Israel. Let me just tell you, he's not just the God of Israel. He's also the God of the Gentiles. He's the God of every generation and every people's group. And how he comes to us now is through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, before we get into how the Holy Spirit leads us, in our day-to-day living, and I want to be really practical, I also want to just take for a moment, very quickly, some things that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit's work and his purpose. Now, as I said, it's difficult for people to get their heads around because he is spirit, and so they see him as just this ghost figure, but as I've already said, he feels, he knows, he's God, he's part of the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. But this is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. And I'm taking these all from John chapter 14, which is a book in the Bible. And if you haven't got a Bible, please contact us. We'll send one out to you. And also John 16. This is what Jesus said. Ten things about the Holy Spirit. You can see it there. 
Number one, he will help you. John 14, verse 16. Secondly, he will be with you. John 14, verse 16. He will live in you. John 14, 17. He will teach you. John 14, 26. He says that he will remind you. John 14, verse 26. And he will come to you. John 16, verse 7. And then it says, he will convict you. John 16, verse 8 to 11. Convict you of your sins, the wrong that you've done. He also says that he will guide you. John 16, verse 13. And lastly, he also says that he will speak to you. John 16, verse 13. But there's also another work that the Holy Spirit does. And it's found in John 16, verse 14 to 15, because it says there in these verses, let me read it to you, that he, speaking of the Spirit, will glorify me. This is Jesus speaking. Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is Jesus speaking. That is why I said said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Just read those verses again uh, quietly. John 16, 14 and 15. Because there we see the oneness of God. We see Father, Son and Spirit. We see complete harmony. We see them in, in tune and in sync working together. And Jesus says, unless I go back to the Father, the Spirit can't come. Jesus did go back to the Father and then he poured out the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then comes to every believer. If you are a believer, if you believe in Jesus, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 1 verse 13, let me read it to you. And it says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard The message of truth, that message, that gospel of your salvation. And then he goes on to say, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So here we see we've received the message, we've heard the message, we believe it. And in that position and of believing it, we are marked with a seal, which is the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, let me say it this way, has branded you, has marked you. There's an indelible mark that the Holy Spirit leaves on you on the inside. But here's the thought. Many of us make Christian living more difficult than it ought to be. Let me give you an example around this. And please excuse the soft illustration, but it's the best that I could Capture to try and help you to understand this. Suppose you have been given an open invitation to the Queen's office. In fact, beyond that, to the Queen's family. She's adopted you. She's made you her own. You're now a son or a grandson or a granddaughter or a great-grandson or daughter. You get the thought. And any time, in any moment you want to see her, she says, you can see me. And of course, she's had to give you an ID and a pass. She's had to let all her consorts and all her staff know the relationship. But that in itself is not not enough unless you access her presence and you build on this newfound relationship. You may have to travel down to Buckingham Palace to intentionally wait for her to spend time with her, to talk with her, 
You may have a question that you want to ask the queen because she's a wise lady and you ask her these questions. But it's only in that place of being with her you can ask the question and you can find the wisdom and the counsel. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say here. We have been all been given access, not to the queen, but to God's wisdom, to God's help, to God's strength, to God's power, to God's might. And it's through the person of the Holy Spirit and this inspired book, the Word of God. But often we fail to access it because we just don't go there. What we do is we go on our own. We make statements in our own hearts, I know best, this is my life. And what we find is that people are forever trying. They're always trying. They're always trying to improve themselves. They're always trying to change, to get better. Now there's nothing wrong with us trying. There's nothing wrong with us improving ourselves. But honestly, real heart change that's happened in me, real life change that hasn't just been for a moment, but it's been long-lasting, comes through the help of Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who abides in me, who has marked me as I lean into him daily, as I ask him, he helps me. And there are many examples in the Bible and I really want to encourage you to really read your Bibles and it may be particularly one book of the Bible that I encourage you to read over these next few weeks and it's the book of Acts. It's the, use that phrase Acts because it was an act. They were working. There were things that were happening. And it's in the New Testament. It's very early on. And we'll see there why it was written because it gives us many examples of how the Holy Spirit was at work in the disciples in that early church. And things happened that were amazing. I have some real life examples as the pastor of Arena Church We've got many people who were once sinners. They're now saved. I've got people in the church who were addicts, literally drug addicts, addicted to all kinds of things, been wonderfully set free for many, many years. We've got prisoners who now know that they're forgiven. We've got marriages that were in breakdown. They've now been restored. We've got people who have built great businesses against all the odds. And even our own outreaches and ministries and even the planting of the campuses is because of the work of the Holy Spirit and his leading. These are amazing and marvellous happenings. And you may be one of those that says, well, they're just coincidences. It's just luck. It's just chance. But I say to you, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that for one moment. In my own personal lives, it doesn't mean coincidence it hasn't been luck, it hasn't been chance. When I really evaluate it and look on clearly, it's been the leading and the work of the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit in my life. So I want to just leave you with some very simple thoughts from the book of Galatians of how we can live and be led by the Holy Spirit. Because the guy who wrote Galatians, his name was Paul, he understood this Holy Spirit living. Now, this book of Galatians, it's again in the New Testament, was written, Paul wrote it to them because they'd had an encounter with God. 
They'd recognize the gospel message. They'd receive the gospel message of amazing grace and forgiveness of sins. They no longer needed to live under the law. They'd entered into a freedom that broke through of the law and religion. And you may be one who's just been in law and religion, do's and don'ts. And honestly, it gets you nowhere. And this is where these guys were at. But they'd entered into the freedom of grace, the the message of grace, the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ. But what was happening is along their journey, they were going backwards rather than forwards. They were going backwards into old ways. Let me just take you for a moment to Galatians and chapter 5 and verse 1. It reads, Paul says, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Verse 4, he then goes on to say and says, You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated, alienated, excuse me, let me put my teeth back in, alienated from Christ and you have fallen away from grace. Notice Paul's language. He says that once you knew Christ, once you were walking in freedom, now you're burdened again. You keep on trying And what they were doing, they were going backwards. What they were in essence doing, they weren't living out of the freedom of the Spirit. They weren't forever daily leaning into the work of the Spirit in their life. And so Paul then goes on to say, listen guys, there's another way to live. And I want to say to every one of you, there's another way to live. It's through the leading and leaning of the Spirit. So let me explain it this way. Paul says in Galatians 5 verse 16... And this is the first thing I want you to note, that we're called to walk by the Spirit. Let me read it to you. Paul says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the sinful desires of your flesh. He goes on to say, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit which is contrary to the flesh. He then goes on to say, they're in conflict with one another. And what I've realized is this in my own life, if I don't submit my life daily to God, there's a conflict that happens, and the things that, that, that I don't want to do in Christ, I end up doing, and the things I know I should be doing, I don't end up doing, if that makes sense. There are things where I go to places, things in my mind, temptations that become really... Uh, 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 can overrun us and all because I've not submitted myself to walking by the Spirit of God. Let me say it this way, invite him into your daily life. Paul says this will keep you from the flesh and from sin. In fact, he goes on to say in verse 22, just go with me of Galatians 5. He doesn't say walk by the Spirit, but then he says it this way and we're going to look at this. In verse 22, he then says there's actually some fruit that is produced as a result of the Spirit of God living in a believer's life. He says it this way, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can I ask you, who'd like some of that? Of course we all would. Who, Who thinks we need that kind of fruit in our world? Of course we do. Who needs it in our homes? Of course we do. And it comes as a result of the work of the Spirit in our lives. And then Paul goes on to say in verse 24, that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions. It's only possible through the Spirit of God. And verse 25, he then nails it. He says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So can I say secondly to you, live in the Spirit 
and keep in step with the Spirit. As I draw this to a close, let me help you to understand what this means. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And we can better understand this because Paul wrote this. The original text of the New Testament was Greek. And there are two uh, Greek words for walk, and they're different. Galatians 5, 16 and 25, it uses the word walk, but they're different. The first is the normal word for walking. And it's used there as a picture of the walk of life, the thing that you've done today. You've just walked to the shops, you've walked to school, you've walked to your office. Whatever walking you've done, it's just the walk of life. But the second walk means to walk in line with. So Paul is in essence saying here, keep in step with the Spirit. Let me get, say it another way. The idea is the Spirit has given you life. Now let Him direct your steps. Oh, I like that. The Holy Spirit has given you life. Now let Him direct your steps. He will lead you. He will guide you. This is what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. And by the way, this uh, language of walk, the actual tense of these words, original tense, I don't want to get too complicated and technical with you, but it's in the sense of habitually. This is a habitual practice, walking, leaning in, living with the Spirit of God. So what does this mean to us as we finish? Well, I believe that here at Arena, and I'd encourage you in your life to invite the Holy Spirit into your life, maybe for the very first time. It may be afresh. It may be that you've been a bit dusty and a bit weary and a bit dry. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life again. Let him walk with you because he wants to direct you. He wants to help you. He wants to show you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to lift you. There's a prayer that I prayed this week. It's the prayer of St. Augustine. And this is what prayer, uh, the St. Augustine prayed. Breathe into me, Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Move in me, Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Attract my heart, Holy Spirit, that I may love you only what is holy. And strengthen me, Holy Spirit, that I may defend all that is holy. And protect me, Holy Spirit, that I may always be holy. I wonder if you'd pray with me today. There may be you're here and you've never received Jesus as your saviour. I wonder if you'd pray this simple prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus... I've committed sins. I recognize that you are the Savior. I ask that you would come into my life. I ask you would forgive me of all my sins and you would give me a brand new start. I ask that the, your work of your Holy Spirit would be at work in me now. And I ask this all in the name of Jesus. Friend, I, if I can say to you, if you've prayed that prayer, just let us know. Let another Christian know who you know because this is the beginning of your journey. It really is. And we love to share Jesus with people. If you're here, and I've just got one final prayer, and you're saying, I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need to be led by him. I need to commit my day to him. I wonder if you'd pray this prayer that I've written today with me.
Come on, let's pray together. Dear Lord, as we rise to meet each new day, please let us be filled with your spirit wherever we go. Let us spread love, joy, peace, goodness, and faithfulness. Let us desire to become more like you and to worship you in all that we do. Help us desire these things so much more than the sin that entices us. Thank you for always going before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I encourage you? Let's be people who are led by the Spirit of God. As always, guys, I love you. I believe in you. And I'm committed to you. God bless you.